Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hi, Pavo here. So before we start this episode, I just want to give a shout out to the brand new Patreon bozos that's out there. So hello, Sophie Chivers. Hello, M. And hello, Ian Hughes. You are now officially bozos. Thank you very much for your support. And if anyone else out there would like to support the podcast and become a Patreon bozo, then please go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF. All of the rewards are there from $1 up to $5 a month. It really helps us out. Thank you very much again to Sophie. Thank you, M, And thank you, Ian, you complete bozos. Now on with the episode. The following podcast contains strong language, like what the actual fuck. Hi, I'm Ashley McGuire, aka Big Mandy, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to another WTAF lockdown edition of the podcast. First, he's the man who has just had his 27th call from Peggy, the fucking Faffmeister General from Camera Club, and it's doing his nut. It's Neil. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I think quite nuts. What do you mean, doing my nut? (laughs) Well, it's doing your nut because you've had another call from Peggy because you're the one that has to have, you've got the village phone because the vicar's. I have the one village phone. (laughs) The one village phone. The one, yeah. Back in the old days, yeah. Uh, when it took you about five minutes to dial one number. Yeah, I've just put the two P's into the... Oh, those were the oh, days. Anyway, yeah. our superfan guest is a returning guest from way back in episode 49. Star of small and big screen, stage, teen heartthrob, children's storyteller, and a man with one of the most stylish tashes in showbiz. Please welcome back the one and only Tim Downey. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lovely to be back. It's, Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Uh, <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the solo clap. Well, I'm trying, trying, trying to lead you out of a room. Yeah. I, I just enjoy uh, meeting people again online here. It's like we're having this 
you know, it's an isolating time, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just? It is. Isn't it just? I mean, we're, we're all getting very familiar with certain people's rooms. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, just that, just that, just those little, just little window, little vignettes into, into, into people going, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Didn't know that own that. Yeah, and everybody, everybody is very idea. carefully, strategically placing their camera, making sure that, like, the, the blow-up rubber doll is just out of, out of shot. I'm not saying I've got a blow-up rubber doll. I'm just saying that that that's just... <laughs> Someone told me. Someone told me that that's possibly what you would push uh, behind an area. Anyway, yeah, it's the just, bodies are over there. Just so that, that's of, fine. just that of shot. So, so talking about the lockdown and that, as a as a working actor, how much has this affected you in regards to when you work and how you work? And are you still able to maybe do things like writing and and working on shows? Um, yes, to a certain extent. I mean, it's. As you can well imagine, it's affected kind of every strand that you can think of. Um, and that's been a real kind of, like, just the most extraordinary thing. Because usually, you know, with actors, we, we are, you know, we're, we're, we're used to adversity. You know, it's not the easiest job in the world, never has been. And so it's difficult. It is, it's, a, it's a difficult thing. And so you learn to adapt. And also, you know that every job is going to end at some point, mm. no matter how good, no matter how big it will inevitably end and you will inevitably have to kind of work out what those those hinterlands between jobs will do. But now it's just the, the, the world has become the hinterland. So there's no avenues. So it's been a real interesting situation of, of trying to kind of think and hustle in as many different variant ways as you possibly can. Trying to think to yourself, okay, well, what can we do? How can I, how can I monetize any kind of given situation. Mm. Um, and uh, it's sort of like, you know, voiceovers or something of that nature, writing, trying to work out how, much like yourselves, you know, by doing things remotely, working out how that can be done. Um, uh, me and a, a friend of mine who did uh, Outlander together, we start, we've started our own uh, podcast as well, much like probably everyone is kind, <laughs> kind of doing. To, to kind of channel that creative um, uh, urge down that down that route, and also because every fucker's at home. Mm. So if someone says, "Oh, not too sure," go, "What? What are you doing? Yeah, what could you possibly be doing apart from going upstairs to look out of another window from a different angle or at a different time of day? Mm. That is all you are doing. We are barely allowed out. So mm. it's it's helped in getting people uh, together. Um, but it really has kind of woken you up to kind of think, right, you've really got to push. You've really got to try and find the angles as much as you possibly can. Because I think there's a Chinese proverb that says disaster is uh, uh, half and half chaos and uh, sorry, danger and opportunity. And you kind of think, okay, well, then we've got to try and do something. Or otherwise, because we don't know how long this is for. Mm. This could, you know, we genuinely don't know how long this is for. So... You, you just got to try. You just got to try everything you possibly can and hope that it ends soon or something else kind of connects or hits or you just try and, yeah, make your way, make your way through it as best you can, mm. basically, is, is the long answer to that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And also it's given us all an opportunity to watch those TV shows that we've been putting off on the back burner. Have you, have you been mm. binging on shows yourself, Tim? Um, I, do you know what? I've just started Ozark. Um, and oh, so yeah. I heard a lot of things about it. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman, yeah, Laura Lindley. 
Um, and it's very and it's very good. It is good. I've, I kind of have I'm having that thing where everyone says series three is particularly good. Um, and it's it's you, you know, it's good. You know, it's a really good series. But there's 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 something about it so far. I'm only about halfway through series one that is just kind of keeping me at bay a little, just kind of holding me off. And either that's kind of like the way that Breaking Bad did during the first season of that. I was like, what on earth is this? Yeah. This, how is this hailed the greatest show ever made akin to Dickens? <laughs> how on earth is this? And then suddenly it opens up and you're just, you're just taken along and you desperately want to know what's going on. So maybe it's going to do that. Um, but thus far, that's it. I have two young kids. So the idea of sitting down and watching telly, which is what, I'm, in, a, in a funny kind of way, my dream of self-isolation would be, I can sit down, I can read all the novels that I want, I can read all Dickens if I want to, I can watch all the telly. With kids, I am working harder, just trying to entertain them, not them dearly, but that is un- unreal with the homeschooling and the whole kind of thing. Mm. It's, uh, it's being very difficult for daddy to sit down and just watch telly when he wants to. <laughs> very tricky. People don't think of me. <laughs> Those selfish kids. Yes. <laughs> just endlessly with it. Oh, Please, can we have food? Please, will you stop? You're six years old. You could do it yourself, surely. Surely by now. I mean, you know, an antelope can do all sorts of things by six. But you, oh, unbelievable. So one of the one of the big things that has, um, like, entertainment-wise, that has come out of uh, the whole lockdown, apart from people using Zoom now, um, is uh, Tiger King. Have you, uh, have you cottoned oh. on to that whole uh, shenanigans? Oh. I apps. I mean, it literally from the trailer. I was like, I'm watching this, and yes, I have binged on that, and I absolutely adored it. Yeah. Just the craziness, the cat. It's the thing that you're watching, and you think, if I had written this as a treatment, as a screenplay, they go, this is absolutely ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. There's no way any of this is is even remotely real, and yes, it is, and it's been documented. And I, I thought it was just brilliant. Mm. The whole thing was just insane and they are making they are making a movie of it now aren't they apparently so and apparently oh. um i can't yeah. remember the, the who's the, i can't remember the guy's name one of one of the shits that was in it because the one thing i after the end of every episode i thought what a shit that person is they're just and then you'd watch another mm. episode and go well that one's a bigger shit than that one and it would keep yeah. changing it's the guy that was at the end that sort of walked away from it Scott Free, jim Lowe, was it his name i think yeah. his name was he's said that there's going to be another episode that they're actually bringing yeah, out that, another that, episode. That, yeah, ah, he was the guy that bought the zoo. The zoo, yeah. That, that he had, bought the zoo yeah. and then kind of pushed pushed him out. Yeah, and and had and got the really yeah. hot nanny because he knew that. It, That's that, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was like, yeah, well, big, I'm going to be there all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. There's another. There's another a longer episode coming. Yeah, that's going to say like what's a, happened uh, to everybody uh, so far. Yeah, I find it mm. fascinating that that there was. It was just a fascinating series. It was just one of those it's things that you think it can't be real. Yeah, it can't be. Batshit crazy, and of course that Joe Exotic was on the Louis Theroux one when he did about the animals. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. I think there was even some pictures circulating as well of uh, Doc Antle, who provided the tigers for Britney Spears um, in one of her MTV appearances, where she appears with that anaconda around her neck or oh, that right. big oh, yeah. snake. That very famous kind of thing that she did. That was his snake. Um, and there's a picture of him 
with her when she's like 19 or something like that backstage and he's just kind of sitting with his arm around a leopard or something yeah but, oh crazy strange. whole thing so, so, so brilliant obviously the big question then carol baskin did she or didn't she what's your thought the more that came came out i mean i think there was a little bit we you kind of think oh maybe she did when joe exotic was saying they put like a cologne on my shoes and the tiger went for me. Yeah. And then it cuts to her saying, <laughs> you wouldn't put cologne on a shoe. If you wanted it to eat them, you'd cover it in like a sardine oil. <laughs> that was the bit I thought. And oh you're going, God. well, that's very specific. Yeah. That's very detailed that you would know. That was crazy. That, that would be the thing like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, peanut butter to a dog. Is yeah. that, okay, interesting, Carol, interesting. <laughs> Who knows? She definitely knows something. I don't know. I, you know. I'd be tempted that they're all cut from very similar cloth. Mm. Maybe she paid someone to do something so her hands were clean. And, you know, do something in the next week. He's he's going to go X, Y, and Z. Something happens. So he just kind of disappears. And, they're in the, you know, they're in Florida. They could just feed him to the gators very easily. And, very easily. You know, <laughs> put him on, hide him under a rock or something. In, but, just brilliant. But apparently there's going to be another season um, exploring... The death of her husband, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, a whole thing about Carol Baskin and her her husband, so oh, from, wow. from the same makers. It's fascinating. Amazing. Fascinating. Amazing. Well, talking of um, great TV shows, Tim, series mm. three of this country. Yes, yes, yes. Give us your, yes, thoughts, yes. Sir. Give us your I, thoughts. I I adored it as much as I've adored everything else they have ever done. I loved it, and there were some real beautiful choice moments that I just thought. Oh, this is really good. Mandy reading her stories <laughs> was brilliant. Just about people dying and a lot of violence done in that inimitable style. I thought that was brilliant. I really loved when they were waiting for the vicar at the train station and Curtin was on the phone. And it really felt like it was, uh, I don't know if it was scripted or if it was improved, but there was a real kind of freshness to it. Like she was hearing like, Kerry was hearing it for the first time mm. of, what he, of how he was trying to go, no, don't do that. No, do that. Okay, okay. I'll try, I'll, I'll, I'll describe it again. I thought that was brilliant. And the fact that she never watched it yeah. was brilliant. It was a great, not, not my type of thing. You haven't watched this documentary that you're in. No, yeah. no. The whole Rob Robinson uh, really, yeah. callback at the end I thought was class. Yeah. Yeah. How could you know? There was a whole episode of it. I, I, went, I, I walked around. And it's the fir- I think it was the first time they've ever kind of nodded to themselves. I think they make, a, they make an allusion to it earlier on in that season where she is watching, Kerry's watching a program. Mm. And she's, uh, oh, she's watching Gogglebox. That's right. God, if they're watching Gogglebox, then I'm watching me watching them watching me. And I think that's the only other time they've made that allusion to the fact that it's a TV Show. I think there was one time when they were in the um, like the bus shelter when she speaks to the person, like the documentarian, saying, "You know, who watches this?" I think that was series two. Oh, yeah. start, it was one of yes. the starts in series. But I think, like you're right, I think probably the only other time they actually and, the, mm. and they make sort of well, the, you see the cameraman in one of the episodes when they walk past, don't you? Which gives you, you know, you know, which episode was that? Was in the kitchen. Yeah, you just say, can you mind out the way? Yeah, yeah. But it's very, very, oh, yeah. they don't do yeah. it very, very much. They're very much. So, so Tim, who was your man yeah. of the match of Series 3? Was it Mandy or? I did love Mandy. I thought, but I, I, performance-wise, I thought the vicar was outstanding in this. Mm-hmm. 
in this season. He had a real journey. And that particular episode where is he, is that very much of is he, isn't he, is he, isn't he going to go to Bristol, I thought was really, really beautifully done. I thought he really played all those little kind of box pop bits, those bits to camera, really, really well. I thought he was outstanding. I mean, it's so difficult. I think the, the brilliant thing about it is the consistency of writing is usually with, you know, you get to third series and you can kind of begin to see shifts or changes or almost like grander ideas coming. And the fact that it's kind of, it's kept its heart from the first series all the way through to the third series of these, of, of these two just bumbling around this village and never really kind of getting anywhere. You know, Kerry gets a job and then that go, and it goes. And the high point is her working at the recycling plot. That's the high point. Yeah. And that's in like the first or second episode. And the rest of it is they are, they, you know, nothing changes. And there is something really beautiful about the fact that they are in this stasis, in this bubble, and it just never changes. The only change is they get older. Mm. And that brings on a sorrow and a whole other dimension to it. I, I really, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It was great. Mm. I thought, was, was there a, anything in the, oh, I was just going to say, Tim, was there anything that you wanted to see? in the series that they didn't address? Um, I always want to see, I always want to see more Martin because I just think he is so vile and so brilliantly vile. And he was and very dark from, in that one episode that he was in. He was, yeah, he was very, he was very dark. Yeah. And I kind of wanted a little flittering, little more flitterings of that um, would have been nice, but that was being for my own, my, yeah. my own sort of selfish, yes, that's what I want. Um, no, I think they kind of they really did touch on everything, and it's the open endedness of it that I that I love. It was that even with the special that they did, there was an open endedness to it. There was a sort of like a rounding off and a rounding of an arc at the end of that particular episode of the special, but it was still open ended, and that's kind of what life is. And I like the fact that it was kind of ended where they kind of drift off, and they're still kind of you know just bickering on and twittering about nothing and about you know, everything and this or just the minutiae what you're going to have for tea later as it all kind of drifts off into that kind of wide landscape so i think they they did it really well they kept it within the world and within the narrative which was brilliant really mm. brilliant so mm. as series three has not been long since it's finished as we're recording this have you got a favorite series would you put that as your favorite series out of the three or I don't know. I think there's certain... There are... I think probably I would go back to one to say is my favourite series because it's the one that hooked me and it's the one that really kind of went, yeah, this is this is brilliant. And I think I said before in the last time is that I grew up in a village. So those that idea of just sitting at a bus stop or just, and just doing nothing. Or like, for instance, when Curtin's just kicking that grit bin mm. just to try and vent some, and he's kicking it really kind of awkwardly and he kind of turns around and kicks it from behind. You know, that kind of thing. You just kind of go, yes, I know exactly what that's like because there's nothing to do. Yeah. So you're, everything has this huge meaning. But in reality, you would shrug it off. You'd have, if you lived just five miles further down in the town, you would just, you know, you would just pass it off like it was nothing. Um, so, that, yeah, there are certain choice episodes there of... I. I think I really loved the the Scarecrow episode in the first season. The ones that have a slight folk horror feel when they get lost in the 
in the woods yeah and they kind of find themselves back where they were and things like that i really like that because it touched upon that sort of genre um which was really nice but not too much that it goes into pastiche or cliche but kind of still keeping it uh in the real world but uh no there i think there are definitely choice moments from all of it because there's a as i said before you know there's a there's a real consistency which is which is so lovely which means you can just revisit them again and again and just you know mm. enjoy yeah yeah absolutely and as of recording this they pretty much sort of well i wouldn't say it was green lip but it, it's nearly there with the christmas special now haven't they oh lovely well, I don't know whether it'll be this Christmas, obviously, with all that's going oh, on. Oh, you're just throwing that around. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> me. Dear, oh, dear. It'll be Christmas no, 2031, they, they... Neil. I mean, you know, shit, shit will but get off the park. Come on. You've got something to look forward to. <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. <laughs> by the time this is all over, we'll be Christmas shopping and getting ready, probably, for Christmas. Oh, uh, well, um, it, well, yeah. this is it. It's also when you said, Tim, about the fact there's nothing to do, I felt like we all could use a grip bin to kick at the moment. Because we're all... So... We, oh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. What I, what I love, just to touch upon the, the oddness of things, is I took my, took my kids... I don't think we've been out for about four days, and they were beginning to get a little bit feral, like a bit strange, a bit kind of, OK, this is all a bit odd. We'll go out for a walk, just, to, just around the local park, very small little local park. And, you, and there's, a, there's that weird sense, maybe it's in, in cities rather than being out in the country, because my, my folks are still back where in the village where I grew up from. And, you know, it's empty. You can just walk for miles in any direction. You won't see anybody. And if there's somebody with a dog half a mile away, they'll kind of divert around. Whereas in London, you know, you will literally be stood still and a jogger will jog past you as close as they could possibly be. And you kind of think, what are you doing? There's no, I don't understand what you're doing. It's miles you could go anywhere, but you've chosen here. Yeah. Which is half which is half the problems, I think. But um yeah, it's an odd yeah, it's just all very strange. Mm. Yeah. We've created games though. We have created games. My daughter's created uh, a game called Christmas Bingo um today, which is basically where you run between uh the trees, uh one being like a yew tree to a bush, and then back and you time yourself, uh, and then uh you then you win. And then the other one will do it, and you time yourself, and you'll still win. So that was that was interesting. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where I am at the moment. <laughs> another money spinner for you there. Look, you need to copyright another, that. <laughs> another money spinner. I, I'm I'm having that Christmas bingo, ladies. Yes. Not what you think either. No. Christmas bingo. It's just running between trees. That's all it is. <laughs> I just like this is this is weird because the next question I was going to talk to you about in when Neil said about TV programs that you will sort of come across and stuff. Uh, I've been watching the Jewish Inquirer. Which oh, has been, yes. you know, I've, I've, I'm four episodes in at the moment. I've just had come up on my Twitter news feed saying Jewish Chronicle and Jewish News to be liquidated due to coronavirus. Yeah. But how weird is yeah. that? <laughs> so, that so, so strange. So strange. Jewish Inquirer. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? It's on uh, Amazon. Yes. It's on, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime Video uh, at the moment, streaming now. I think we, I think it's been on there for about oh, six weeks, month, six weeks. Um, we... Uh, we filmed it oh, end of 2018, um, and it's a very much a homegrown thing. It was uh, Gary Senior was the writer director, so it was kind of his 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 baby. And then he got me on board, and I read the scripts, really liked the scripts. And um, we had he had a very certain uh, voice for the piece, 
And so basically we made it in, independently. We made it as a probably now every, every other thing will be made. Because mm. we made it independently. We made it how we wanted to make it. Um, we got a crew together, sort of like a smallish crew. Um, and we just went around uh, that area where it is, North Finchley and Finchley, and uh, filmed it. Quite guerrilla filmmaking. We just kind of got in, filmed it, left, and pieced it all together. And I think it was through the love of the project and kind of the passion of everyone trying to make it. Um, we got it together. And I mean, the difficulty was, was trying to then, when you go to a broadcaster or um, a platform like uh, Amazon, is uh, to say, uh, yeah, we, we just made it. And they go, what? what? <laughs> go, yeah, we just, we wanted to make it. Uh, and we got some investors and they invested because they liked it. And then we made it. And people are going, you're fucking crazy. Why would you do that? Right. But now it, it, you're sitting back kind of thinking, well, I think that's probably how things are going to get made because massive institutions are going to collapse. Mm. Things are collapsing all around us. And I think it's probably going to be a model for how things... Basically, we made an independent film. Yeah. Is you get independent backers, you make it, and then you sell it. And that's basically what, what we did. But it's, it was enormous amounts of fun to do. And I'm very proud of it. We all are very proud of what's... Um, happened with it but uh yeah really fun silly piece and now that as you say the jewish chronicle has gone into liquidation we were the third biggest news jewish newspaper now we're number one you're number one so you know every cloud <laughs> every every cloud uh, so and the fact that like, you know, I think never, pretty, pretty much i mean like i say i'm four episodes in at the moment and every episode at the end um your character is scrolling through to see if your like your piece is number one on the mm. on the website I mean, was his 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 dream to work for the Jewish Chronicle and that, or is it a bigger thing, or is he happy? Sort of, oh, I suppose he isn't really happy where he is, is he? That's sort of like his life. He's not really happy wherever he is. Yeah, exactly. I think he makes allusion to. I think he wants. I think it's that thing of uh, having the desire, but just not having the talent. I think that's my character's kind of major flaw. Is he would desperately love to be writing for the guardian or writing for the telegraph in the big broadsheets that people are you know you respect the journalism there's a lot of work that goes into it and they are great masters of their craft yet he just i just don't think if he was given that he just doesn't have the talent to do it he would fail in some way kind of try and cut corners if he could or it'd be late you know there there are definite things within him you know his his failure is is his own, is his self, but it doesn't kind of stop him being annoyed at the fact that he that he should be in that situation. He should be there. He'd be shit in it, but he should be there, <laughs> yeah. and he should be, you know, hailed as a great writer. He won't put any work in, but he should be seen as a great writer, nonetheless. You know, yeah, one yeah. of those characters, I think. Yeah. So I was just going to oh, say, go um, somebody who um, who's listening to this and want to know exactly what it's about. How would you how would you describe it, Tim? It's, um, I think it's made in the mould of very classic British comedy. Um, it's uh, like a lot of our influences with things like Rigsby from Rising Damp and obviously Basil Fawlty and things like that. So just, you know, very sort of old, old school British comedy, given a bit of a revamp um, with a touch of curb within that. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully a, a, a freshness, uh, just a new a new view uh, of British comedy. Like, not very much is done about 
as Gary was saying, not very much is done about sort of like the Jewish, especially in this country, sort of Jewish world, if you like. In America, there's a lot of it. You can mm. go through Seinfeld or everything is, you know, there's even a Jewish wedding in Goodfellas. Like it's very much part of the kind of cultural landscape. Whereas over here, it isn't. Um, and so I think he really wanted to kind of explore that um, as well. And it not being stereotypes, like people who are Jewish just being workers and things being very difficult I just being as normal and as everyday as everybody else they just happen to be Jewish rather than a stereotype of what is perceived that people who are Jewish do or they're very isolated or insular or something like that um and I think he really succeeded in in doing that and yeah it's it's very funny it's you know it's it's good Jewish humor it's funny mm. um you know there's one-liners uh there's a lot of silliness there's a lot of um uh physical comedy uh, as well, which I adore. It's exhausting, uh, <laughs> but I adore it. Um, so I hope there's a little, there's a little bit for everyone. So I would advise everyone to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So with with the way that you've made that, do, is, do you sort of ask the question: Is there going to be a series two, or would you just go on and think, if I want to make a series two, we'll go and make a series two? You haven't really got anybody above you to give you a yes or no, or is it easier if, like, say, Amazon said, "Well, look, here's some money, go and make a series two." Oh, it'd be a damn sight easier if Amazon said, "Here's some money, go make series two. We go, yep, right, yep, we'll do that. That'll be that'll be fantastic. Thank you, thank you very, very much. I mean, there is a reason why people don't do it like this because it is incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you have to do your own publicity, and you have to kind of drum it, you know. But it is possible. That's what was really interesting as an experiment on this particular piece is the fact that it it never been done before. And we did it, and so you really are flying blind and going, I have no idea what the model for this is, or if anything will happen, nothing will happen, it'll sink, it'll soar, we have no comprehension. And it's, it's surpassed our uh, impressions of what, it would, of what it would actually do. Like It has been successful, and people have watched it, and it ended up on Amazon um, as well. So we're very, you know, very proud of, of what it's done, and also just, you know, you've really got to put the working to to achieve that um but yeah if amazon came or anyone came and said here's some money we really like to hear some money for series two fabulous um that would be a lot easier mm. and hopefully hopefully it will you know hopefully it will there are so many different platforms now like 20 years ago 10 years ago you could not have done this because there are only a small amount of broadcasters across the world whereas now there are so many different avenues and ways of of doing things it does bring forth a more creative way of going or a creative freedoms you know okay well then let's just go and make it ourselves the podcast is a great example as well of creative freedoms to go yeah okay we can create a product that we like that we want to hear that we know that other people want to hear and then you you go and you create that and uh and present it um and i think that's probably the way that things things will be going more cottage industries within mm. um within the grand you know, landscape, I think. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something, Neil. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I thought oh, you were no. getting ready to say <laughs> See, this is where the rhythm of it, if someone's in the same room with you, it, you... Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. 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 Right. The other question I need to ask, and I have to admit something, and I feel so ashamed for it with you actually right in front of me, is I've never watched Outlander. Um, Good night, everyone. Good okay. night. Um, this has been great. <laughs> now, obviously, I've got loads of time that I will now watch it. I just wish I'd watched some of it before I spoke to you. Um, the same sort of question that Neil asked. If nobody, if somebody was a real dickhead and had never watched Outlander, how would you explain mm. it to somebody? 
it is a, a swirling time travel romance. Is is probably the best way to say it. I mean, it's and it's like high adventure, and they they've started off with high adventure, and they've just raised the the adventure and the excitement uh, more and more through the series. And I think what they do very well is it is big budget American uh, series, but they also deal with family and relationships within the family against the backdrop of it within this season. It's the, um, the birth of the American civil war, um, or the wars of independence, sorry, the war mm. of independence from the, from the British. So you have this kind of very broad palette of this enormous world changing event. And, uh, than the sort of the every the everyday as well. I mean, very almost very similar to what's going on now. There is a world changing event, but it's th- what goes on in people's lives that are the interesting things. How you make that work within the, the belly of this beast, um, and and that's Outland, and it's and it's and it's fun, uh, and it is quite funny, and it's very dramatic, um, and it's yeah, it's it's a very good piece of escapist television, beautifully made, and yeah, really well produced and put together it's it's a it's yeah it's a it's a great series to be part of though if you haven't seen it you really should go and watch it how many um, series how many series are five well, the, the mid-season break at the moment and so there's five so we're up to episode seven i think it is of this of the fifth season right and you've been um, in what, this series and the last or was it just this week's and the last one yeah. right right uh so so i don't know how the next kind of seasons go if there are we don't know what you know what will happen um hopefully the character comes back who knows we will yeah. we will uh we will wait and wait and see as they do stick closer to the books but they do sometimes diverge from the books as well so you know we, we shall we shall see what happens right. how long does it take to film a series like that then Tim? quite a while uh i think from start to finish it could take about eight months, eight, nine months to do one season. Mm. Uh, so it takes about a month to do two episodes, something like that. So it's something along those, those kind of lines. Um, mostly all in Scotland, uh, where we filmed just outside of Cumnold, uh, which is where the studios are. So we're all, all around the Highlands, all, all around some really beautiful places, places you, that I would never normally kind of go to. But then once you're there, you kind of go, well, why would I never visit here? This is stunning. Mm. You know, incredible, incredible landscapes. Um, and, uh, yeah, but it takes a, takes about, yeah, eight nine, eight, nine months. And it's, yeah, it's very full on. For, for someone like Sam, uh, who plays Jamie Fraser, it's a lot more sort of hard-wearing. He's, he's you know, sort of, you know, high-adventuring, swords, battles, fights, all those, all those kind of things. My character is very much... It's very quintessentially English of saying, go and fight him over there. Off you go. No, I'll, I'll be here on this horse. You over there and just kill all of them. And I'll be, I'll be over here. Don't get them dirty. God, absolutely <laughs> hell to shift this state. One of those kind of characters. So, um, but still, you know, lovely, lovely. Mm. I think for, there was a, a big battle sequence that we had just in the last episode. So I'm not spoiling anything, but big battle sequence and it took it took a long time and at one point it the it flooded because it was a really really heavy rain and we were in a, a in a valley and at one point we were all supposed to be all sort of camped by this river we came in the next day to find that 
it, it literally the whole thing had completely flooded and washed every single thing away. Oh, it was no. like just oh. underneath the bottom branches of a tree. Like it must be, it must have been about eight foot flooding, which was uh, yeah, extraordinary. Kind of go. So, so sorry, love. Can I have breakfast now, or <laughs> do we wait? Oh, we'll probably wait. No, sorry, you, you don't. You don't need bed. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. So, so how are your? So uh, you to, oh, I was just going to say, Tim, did you could you ride before the series, or did you they? That was the question left? I was going to ask. Well, I think because the last time uh, we spoke, the no, last I, time we I, spoke, you said you hadn't, you had told a little bit of a porky, didn't you, about your uh, horse riding? I did. I did. I just wondered yes, how your skills uh, had got. Yeah. They did. You know, they got they got a lot better. I was a lot more confident on this one. <laughs> um, because, yeah, I, I did. I did Transformers. I can't remember if I said that. I did Transformers right. yeah, where, they, yeah. where they told me That's to ride right. a horse. And that was, but honestly, I think that baptism by fire has proved very, very useful. As now I approach a horse with a lot more sort of like, it can never get as terrifying as that. Mm. Um, and that's, and that's true. And even in, even in this one where they, we had to fire cannons and there was a lot of muskets. And so the horses get a bit, a bit jittery. Obviously, it's two massive fucking gannons <laughs> booming off and all guns and stuff. Um, and even then, it was still like, this is far more relaxing than, than, than doing that, which was terrifying. Um, <laughs> but it was really, yeah, it was really good. I could, I could ride and it was only kind of very, only very, over very short distances. And uh, the horse was brilliant. The horse was, I think, two days to retirement. So if you wanted it to move, it would sluggishly move this way or sluggishly move that way. It was my perfect horse. It kind of just wanted to meander. And I was very happy to let it. <laughs> so, uh, that, was, that was great. Because I've, I've, I've seen pictures of you in your uh, costume for Outlander and you are unmustachioed, aren't you, for, for that particular role? Yes, I am. Um, yes, I am. Do you, as an actor, obviously, you have to, your face has to look the way it needs to for the part. Do you ever sort of just worry a little bit when you get rid of the moustache? Or I mean, it's, obviously you're very well groomed and every, it always looks spiffing, if that's the right word. Bless you, bless you, bless <laughs> you. That's the word to use. But does it always, like, when you think, oh, I've got to, well, I have to grow it back again, or does it ever worry you? Or? My, my only worry is that I don't have enough time between shaving it off and the first day of filming. Right. Because... I did. I can remember once I did uh, a Ferrero Rocher advert in Berlin, as everyone has, of course, and of course, <laughs> mine's next and week. I got on. <laughs> well, it would have been. We've all done them. <laughs> it would have been. Yeah. We've all been there <laughs> on the on the banks of German rivers. We've all been there, and uh, I got on set, and they said, uh, "Okay, great. So we'll just go take your moustache off now." I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hang on." No one ever said that. They said, "No, no, no. It's fine. We'll take it off." And before I knew it, they'd taken it off, and I hadn't. Realized how I look like a turtle once it's taken off. For that, literally, that first kind of, I would say, it lasts for about three days before gravity again takes hold and you kind of come back to, oh, that's, yes, I do remember looking like that before, not this kind of monster that is now presented, which is just honestly like a turtle. And then if you ever were to see that particular thing, you would kind of go, why has that man got a seriously thin top lip? Like, there's no lip <laughs> right. whatsoever. It's just hang. It's like a, like a curtain of skin. It's very strange. But so you need, you need those days just, just, to, make, just to make sure. Um, also, my youngest uh, went ballistic when I had done it because I had to, I, I quickly, I thought I'd just quickly do it at night and in the morning... She woke up. She was like, oh, daddy. So I went in to go and see her. 
And she literally looked at me like I was burgling the place. I said, who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? Get out of my room. It's like, no, no, it's me. And she was like, what? So, yeah, that was quite a tricky a tricky one. And she didn't trust me for the duration of the... And I'm not joking by that. She didn't trust me. Every day she would say, when are you growing it back? When are you growing it back? For about six months, right. she would say that. And then I grew it back and then she was like, okay. You're you're okay now. You're now you're welcome back into uh, into my affections. <laughs> but for that for that summer, forget it. Really? Please please don't touch that. Wouldn't care. <laughs> don't punch me there. Wouldn't care. You know, you're not my dad. But I don't care. You don't tell me. <laughs> to Have you not thought about uh-huh. getting like a stick on one that you can just wear for around the house? Just. Uh... Do you know what you say? That I have actually got a uh, a, a stunt moustache. Have you? Um, Four occasions like that. I'm just trying to remember actually where I put it. But uh, yeah, I actually do I actually do have one because I, I, I did a film many, many years ago where I had to take it off for one job and then they had to do reshoots and I didn't have enough time. So they kind of got me this this one. I had to kind of colour it in. And, hey, you know, pretty good. But they said I could keep it. So now I have my stunt moustache. If it's ever <laughs> called on again, it's ready in the there drawer. There you go. Uh, ready to go. For, a, for an outing. The stunt moustache. Tim, you know, um, I've got to ask, they did, um, or they were about to put um, Upstart Crow on the stage, Mm. the live um, version. Do you think this country would adapt to something like that? It would. It's very theatrical in its approach anyway. You know, there's only like, probably only like a few um, areas, you know, like, uh, you know, the vicar's office, Kerry's mum's kitchen. Uh, and then sort of like, you know, an exterior or somewhere that could be an exterior. So I think it probably could be adapted. Um, and because there, there is a real poetry to it as well. There's a real something other to it, which I think is part of its charm. It's kind of bigger than the means of its parts. Mm. It's not just like a documentary would be. There is a poetry, there is, a, there is something other to it. Um, so I, I think it would do very well as a, as a theatre piece, um, mm. either just as a two-hander or indeed, you know, like a four-hander or something like that with the vicar and maybe uh, Len, just yeah. Len. Just, I would love yeah. to see just him walk on and off. And just every now and then, just every now and then, be a bit aggressive um, for no real reason. Mandy in the background, mm. just, or just appearing in the audience, just appearing, never doing anything, just, just that air of threat. <laughs> Oh, hello! Would be, uh, yeah, would be, would be glorious. I'd I'd love a bit of that. Yeah, I'd like to hear Len's soliloquies. That's what I'd like to hear. Len's soliloquies. Mm. Just, I think he could do it well. (laughs) I would love. I'd much like the end of Withnail. I'd love to hear him do that end speech of (laughs) Hamlet. I think that would be something really quite special. Mm. Um, You know, maybe just during, like during the Harvest Festival, he just comes and does that with his stick. And just very straight, just delivers and then just wanders off. Yeah. Or then tries to get into the toilet. Yeah. Grabs a bog roll. Says grabs a bog roll yeah. and straight through. Trying to avert a disaster. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Right. We're going to have another go at Kerry or Curtain for you. I don't know if you can remember this Ooh, from the first okay. one. I'm going to give you a line of dialogue. You need to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtain. Here we go. Ooh, Num- okay. Number one. Okay. I'm surprised someone ain't put a brick through that window. Kerry. That was Kerry. That was in the station episode when they see the vicar's car in the station car park. 
Well done. Yes, one out of one. Right. Yeah, oh, yes, that's right. Yes. yes. Uh, was it Jesus Jesus has an airbag? Jesus is an airbag or something was on the, the sticker? Jesus is my airbag. Jesus, right. is, Jesus my is, airbag. is my airbag. Number two, right. doesn't the Lord work in mysterious ways? That is Kerry. That is Kerry. That's in the Curtain's yes. half-brother episode at the funeral. She That's shakes right. that she, she, she shouts it, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, it's, well, it's, that's, it. <laughs> that's two out of two. Number three. Monday Mitsubishi. Tuesday Mitsubishi. Wednesday Mitsubishi. Thursday Mitsubishi. <laughs> I, I give up. That's Curtain. <laughs> that is Curtain. Curtain's half-brother. That's Ray's diary, that is. Uh, three out of three. Brilliant. This is good. Number four. Go home now, but if anyone asks, you fell asleep, okay? Go home now, but if anyone asks, you fell asleep, okay? I'm going to say Curtain. That was Kerry. That was uh, Kerry. King of was... the Nerds to Levi. He had, she had Levi, I think, leafleting for her uh, all night, oh, yeah. and he was, in, he was in their little shed. Uh, yes. yes, yes. So that's three out of four. So the final one, he loves Midsummer Murders, don't you, Vicar? He loves Midsummer <laughs> Murders, don't you, Vicar? Cut the oh, that was Kerry. Kerry, oh, I wanted Kerry. to say it. Scarecrow. I wanted to say it. <laughs> that oh. was that was a great start. But three out of five is three very out of two. Three. It's as my kids would say. It's, I've I've still won. You've still won. Yeah, absolutely. Still won. Still won. Absolutely, you've still won. Um, so you very mentioned you mentioned earlier on that you've started your own podcast. Um, yes. Is this your first foray into the podcasting world? It. It is. It absolutely is, and it's uh, it's called Outcasts, and it's nice. um, an Outlander themed podcast. Right. Um, and we've just started doing the first sort of interviews, um, and it's it, it's been a real fun learning experience. It really, really has of how to kind of craft uh, something together that is. Uh, obviously good for the fan base, but also hopefully uh, to a wider audience, just something that is just kind of fun and interesting that somebody else could listen to. Go, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. And if they give it a try, they, they would then listen on and kind of go, oh, yeah, this is, this is a good, this is a good way of, um, you know, of, of, uh, of, of, of a, good, a good podcast. Mm. Um, and we've, la- and we've got some, a real, some real coups in there of who we've got on it. Um, obviously can't say who they are just yet, uh, as that would spoil the surprise. Yeah. Um, but really, uh, we were really kind of like, oh, you've said yes. Uh, great. Oh, <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so that's been, yeah, so that's been really, really good. Now um, you know how we feel when you said yes to us. That's well, the same. You. It's bless the same you. thing. It, I honestly, <laughs> genuinely mean that. It's just, when you when you have somebody that you've watched in shows like Toast and things like that, that you've watched and, and loved every episode, when yeah. they, they then thought of like, say hello on twitter and oh yeah yeah i'll be on your podcast Do you think no this isn't fucking right no they, 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 something's yeah, wrong yeah. here this isn't true <laughs> so yeah it's it's a very strange feeling it, it definitely is it, it is it is and it's kind of like oh lovely yes and I, I was genuinely like you kind of go yes come on <laughs> oh my god i can't believe they've said yes yes oh that's amazing okay okay <clears throat> try and be cool yeah 
Thanks very much. We'll get back. Thanks. Yeah, yeah I'll find a time when I'm less free. I could do any day. Yeah. I could literally do it now. Um, but yeah, no, that's been uh, yeah, really, really good. And I think we're going to hopefully start getting them out in the next couple of weeks. So watch, uh, watch this space. Perfect. So that's going to be perfect for me to watch Outlander, and then I can jump on the podcast when the when the episodes come out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and we, we talk to all manner of different people. So not only just actors, we will talk to as many different sort of creatives behind um, the the production as possible as well. So it gets. Hopefully, we're going to get a good, rounded view of what it's like to not only be in it but also to be the creative that then lift it up off the page and then through all the different sort of processes to get it to screen. I think that's. Um, be a really it should be a really i'm very fascinated by some of it because you're yeah. kind of like wow that's amazing i had no idea that went on yeah um so and you're in really it. good fun too <laughs> and i'm in it absolutely yeah. but because you you only kind of see like a real thin layer thin, thin veneer of where because of where you are in the kind of food chain so you understand all the processes that kind of go on within your world and what you see and you kind of think okay but there is literally like an iceberg underneath it that props it up that keeps it going and the amount of creative decisions that have to be made before you even put your coat on you know that kind of thing of you know i remember going in for a costume fitting for the for the jacket and it had to be cut a certain way and you had to have certain things and it had to be done from a certain material because otherwise you know if it it was made by a slightly more modern material then they then they would know they were about a hundred years out, so it had to be the certain material and woven in a certain way, and the buttons had to be placed in a certain way because something else meant something. I mean, just an incredible layering of detail. That as an actor, you walk in and go, "Yeah, can I get something that's uh, <laughs> a size shoe slightly bigger? Can I get a slightly bigger shoe? <laughs> yeah, this one's rub, and that's it." Whereas these have been handmade, put together. The buckle has been will be sourced this, and you know, amazing, amazing amounts of detail. It's crazy. It's going to be fascinating to listen to. It really is too. indeed. Um, one last question, uh, probably the mm. most important question that I think I'll ask today. Where are we with the next series of Toast? Any uh, exclusives? Well, that... Any any ideas? Any info? Well, I know there are movements. I know that there are things happening. I don't know. I don't know details. I wish I did, um, but I have heard rumblings and rumours and all sorts. I don't know because of what, because of the whole pandemic thing, if you're aware of it. (laughs) Um, I don't know what that has done to two things. And we will, you know, never know. Inevitably, everything will be pushed back. Um, So we will see what happens. There's definitely things in process. People want to do things. People are very much up for it. People are very excited by doing it. Um, And yeah, I think we very... Uh, very easy to get the gang back together because it's such a such a loved piece by everyone involved in it and by everyone kind of around it that I think you would just have to say we're doing it and you know you would just go great when when do you want me we'll 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 do it yeah of yeah. course mm-hmm. yeah um, but yeah so things are uh, things are in motion and that's basically all I know I yeah. wish I knew more but yeah no it's good to know that they are they are going forward well that's excellent <laughs> Tim it was. Amazing that we got you once on our show. It's been amazing that we've got you a second time. Thank you so much. Um, Absolute pleasure. You've given us so much to be able to watch and hopefully soon listen to. Um, good luck with everything uh, that you're going to, I mean, 
whatever stuff you've got planned and whatever stuff you're going to be doing um, for looking after your kids and keeping them entertained. Uh, keep them safe and keep yourself safe. And thank you so much for spending some more time with us. It's been a real pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Well, thank you. Thank you guys very much. Uh, and the same to you. Keep safe. Keep well. Thank you for having me on again. It's been wonderful. Wonderful. rambling your luggles. Yes. Um, <laughs> we, we will put, <laughs> a, we will put a, uh, a link to the Jewish Inquirer on the show notes so that you can uh, find that and, uh, and watch that. I would re- thoroughly recommend it. Um, and then obviously Outlander as well. And everything's Tim Downey at the moment. It's just like, it's a yeah. Tim, it's a Tim Downey world. Sure it's bingo as well. Yes. Make sure you look at that. <laughs> Absolutely, it's going to be all the rage. Come, yeah, yeah. going to go Christmas bingo. Where have I heard this? And then you'll be able to put the link to this show, and you heard it here first. Yeah, Christmas yeah. bingo. And also look out for uh, Tim playing Joe Exotic in the movie of uh, Tiger King. <laughs> I would adore that. I mean, I'm not that far. I just literally have to drop down the sides <laughs> of this beast, and I'm and I'm there. I'd be very happy. I'll tell you something. If my hair allowed me to grow a mullet, I would absolutely grow a mullet. I don't. I think I passed that past that point where the hair goes. Yeah, okay, you can do whatever you want. No, if this slightly goes, uh, oh yeah, it will just be an absolute bizarre. It'd be wispy. You know, it's kind of wispy sort of mullets where it's a bit uh, a bit like um, you know Richard O'Brien's character in. Rocky Horror. <laughs> slightly wispy mullet. I would fear it would be a bit more like that. Oh, dear. Well, thank you so much again, Tim. Uh, yes, thank you, Tim. Bear with us a sec while Neil goes through his, uh, his moment. Oh, let's try our hardest to get this right. So you can find us on all the social medias under WTAF This Country. Please do uh, click and like us to find out I'll everything we're up that to. You can email us if you've got a question in these weird and wonderful times at wtafthiscountry.com. Hotmail.com. Hotmail.com. <laughs> you got it wrong. Yeah. You fucked it up again, Neil. Jesus um, Christ, you got one job. job. <laughs> one job. No, I just got to build the part up a little bit more. Keep doing <sighs> it wrong every week. And then we've got a website. Please do come and visit and give us some clips on there at wtfpodcast.com. Lovely. And so also, again, thank just you. to say, it's WTAF, this country at hotmail.com. Well done. And uh, come and uh, help uh, support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash WTAF. Uh, Tim, thank you so much once again. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you, uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Now go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.